Fed can just print more money out of thin air, but the government's always going to be in debt to the Fed. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Dangerous World Podcast here. Thankful for you all to be tuning in. Uh, so hopefully the uh, numbering of the episodes isn't messing with you right now. Again, switched over to a new platform and uh, having some uh, difficulty with the numbers, but don't be confused with anything. Uh, it's all there. So again, thank you guys for uh, tuning into another one. Got a really fun episode lined out here. Gonna talk about... The Hollywood elite. Talk a little shit here. Uh, found some um, interesting connections. This is another episode based off of a website that could potentially be a CIA asset website. I'm not going to lie. But there's incredible information on there. And I always cross check stuff. Um, it just is a good place if you know how to work the site to get information. That site is isgp-studies.com. Incredible source. Um, the one that I did with, um, the bands and the, the series that I'll continue to do with bands that are infiltrated by the CIA or CIA mouthpiece bands, um, is off this one as well. And, and there's a long list of these actors that I will do. I'll probably do another series on these actors, but we're going to start with a few here that you're probably familiar with. Tom Hanks will be discussed. Arnold Schwarzenegger as well. Uh, interesting story with him. Uh, who else we got? Matt Damon. Matt Damon, for those that have seen uh, Team America World Police. Robert De Niro, grade A scumbag. And then uh, we'll wrap up with Leonardo DiCaprio, but there will be a uh, an addition to this episode as well. Kim will pop in because she told me pretty interesting about another actress and... Um, their ties to Timothy Leary, which Timothy Leary will pop up in this episode a couple of times. The psychedelics guru uh, really pioneered the uh, research into psychedelics. So another CIA asset type dude. And she told me something that was very interesting. She's actually researching as we speak, I guess as, as I speak. And um, that'll be a fun one. That That is incredibly interesting, very demonic, weird, strange stuff that she uh, just kind of mentioned. And then as she was looking it up to show me proof, she ended up finding more and more weird shit. So I was like, well, why don't you come on and talk about this? So we're going to we're going to end the episode for all you awesome Patreon people um, probably getting into Leo and um, also this mystery person that will be brought up. So hope that you guys enjoy this one. It was um, super fun to research this. I love looking into these people, you know, all members of the elite. I'm fascinated with secret societies, which I think there is no larger more or less secret um, than Hollywood. I mean, this is a this is a secret society of sorts. We think of them, the normies, I should say, think of them as, you know, just people that are there to entertain 
And yeah, there's some weird corrupt things that go on. Harvey Weinstein kind of exposed a lot of that stuff, not on purpose, but kind of, you know, proved to a lot of people that, yeah, Hollywood's not on the up and up here. And, um, you know, to people like us that like looking into this stuff, we know this, but even me, who is not really surprised by much, was definitely surprised by some of these connections here. So um, before we get into that, I did want to remind you all that the new clothing uh, merch site is up. The link tree on my Instagram has that uh, access to that site. Uh, merch is awesome. I actually haven't double checked to see if my own domain is connected properly yet, but I will find that out shortly. And uh, but yeah, in the meantime, you know, the, the products are freaking awesome. Uh, obviously designed by yours truly, and then printed by them. So um, really, really good stuff. The stuff ships out immediately. Got a couple of people that I still have to take care of from the old store. And you guys are not forgotten. I'm just trying to figure out exactly what's going on. And I will make it right. You people are getting like double what you paid for um, that I have kept waiting for so very long. So my apologies, but there's no more waiting when you order merch from Dangerous World. Um, because I'm not printing it. Someone else is. And so it's going to get out to y'all quick. Um, but yeah, let's roll into this because it is just an awesome topic here. Oh, also patreon.com slash dangerous world podcast guys for the support. I appreciate it so much. Um, right now working on getting the show monetized through my new host and that should happen shortly. And uh, I'll try not to be such a pain in the ass with the Patreon. But for now, I mean, $3 gets you the full versions of all these episodes. There's a bunch on there now. There's 5 and $10 tiers. Uh, your support is very, very much appreciated. And again, I'm thankful that you're just listening. With all the options of shows out there, it's, it's dope to have so many of you. But let's get into Tom Hanks. He's the first one here. First dickhead on the list. And he's been close friends with the Clintons since the 90s, right? He's been part of the Hollywood elite for quite some time, but close Clinton friends since the 90s, and he helped fund Bill Clinton's uh, defense against the Monica Lewinsky, right? Uh, you know, all the the allegations there, and uh, I guess some proof too, right? So he helped fund Bill Clinton's defense there. Not a good look, especially if you're going to pretend that you're, uh, you know, liberal and you care about people. Hey, I think rape uh, and, and, you know, sexual, and I guess it's not rape, but sexual uh, I don't know what you call it, but you know, not good stuff. Not a good look for Mr. Hanks there. Who's so nice on, uh, in all of his movies and really caters towards kids too, which is creepy. And in 2012, Hanks and Bill Clinton together campaigned for president Obama. So, uh, not uncommon to see actors, you know, campaign for their choice, but just when they get over the top about it, it becomes a little suspicious. You also have in April 2017, Hanks vacationed with Oprah and Obama on uh, this David Geffen's big-ass yacht. So he's hanging out with some of the highest players in Hollywood and Washington. Now, we start getting a little weird here with Mr. Hanks. Uh, Obviously, his wife, whole different story. Didn't really want to focus on her too much, but she's got the Greek connection. She's a Greek herself. Um, when all the, you know, pedophile allegations and people questioning why the hell are you taking pictures of gloves and socks in a park and all this shit, uh, you know, referencing weird shit really during the pandemic when everyone seemed to be losing their damn minds, um, they go over there and, uh, move to Greece or get citizenship in Greece, which happens to be a location that sees pedophilia as a disability. So you're not criminalized if you're a pedophile or a map 
which let's be real maps are pedophiles uh you know you're not you're not arrested or jailed necessarily you would you would first and I think almost exclusively be treated as somebody with a mental disability. So very interesting. Uh, all kinds of weird shit that they were kind of doing around the pandemic. And I felt, now looking back now, I feel like it was deliberately put out there to look weird. Um, but I'm not saying he's not a pedophile, but I'm also not saying he is. There are uh, There's proof to anything that you want to look into out there. I, I choose to not take a side on this, but you know, if it comes out that he is... Man, that's, uh, you know, fuck this guy even worse. But there's other weird things that are provable that are, um, well, maybe not super provable, but there's a lot more tangible evidence to what I'm getting into here. Um, with Obama and his support for Obama, you know, Obama is a Rockefeller agent. And I think it's pretty safe to assume that any high-level supporter of Obama's is also a Rockefeller agent. We get later in this episode hard into a couple of Rockefeller agents. Most of Hollywood is. I've said this many times that what the Rockefellers seem to control is culture, whether it be education or entertainment or whatever, the same way that the Rothschilds control money. Um, and it seems like they've done this really since the dawn of time. I mean, I don't, I don't know. Definitely in our current cycle of humanity, the Rothschilds and the Rockefellers control a majority of what's going on. Um, or they're the front for whoever is controlling what's going on. Now, uh, Tom Hanks attends this thing called the Robin Hood Foundation, which is a self-described selfless foundation. It gets, uh, you know, billionaires and big banks to give, quote unquote, give money to the poor. Now, we know this isn't the case, okay? It's a vanity project. And of course, like so many things out there, it seems to be allegedly... I have to say, a money laundering operation. So many of these things are. Um, you know, big donations are legal money laundering tactics here. And that's why you see some of the most evil, uh, malevolent people out there, like Soros, Gates, uh, a lot of these actors, they start dedicating their lives, their later lives, to philanthropy. It's just a good way to kind of wash your money. And uh, when you get big donations, they're like tax freaking write-offs. You know what I mean? You get that money back. But everybody out there thinks that you're such a good person for trying to, uh, you know, vaccinate Africa, which is, you know, a little weird. Now, he also spends a lot of time with these uh, liberal mega donor Hollywood types, which really isn't that crazy since he's been in Hollywood forever. But what's interesting about him in this sense of, of like the Hollywood connections is that there are some people claiming that he is actually a Rockefeller, not that he's a distant Rockefeller relative, second, third, fourth, fifth cousin, but that he's actually Michael Rockefeller, which, uh, you know, if you know the story about him, it's a pretty interesting one. It's Michael Rockefeller that got cosmetic reconstructive surgery, okay? And at this point, I'll just tell you, well, hey, that makes sense. Uh, again, not much surprises me, but if you know um, the story here about Michael Rockefeller, he was presumed dead in 1961 after he went missing during some expedition in the cannibal-infested Papua New Guinea, right? A lot of people get eaten over there. This dude turned up missing, and, um, you know, he was the youngest of Nelson Rockefeller's kids, making him, I think, the great-grandson of the John D. Rockefeller. But if you look at the pictures, I know it sounds nuts, but if you look at the pictures, and I'm, I'm to be clear, I'm not definitely saying this is what the case is, okay? I, I I really try to pride myself in not being, like, super QAnon, and I'm like, oh, dude, 
fucking uh, all this crazy shit that we were talking about during the pandemic where, uh, you know, Ellen was on house arrest and all this shit. I try to get away from that stuff, be much more logical and much more based when it comes to this stuff. If you look at these two side by side, uh, some of the the older pictures, or I should say more recent pictures of Michael and then the pictures of Tom Cruise, or Tom Hanks, not Cruise, Tom Hanks, they have the same lazy eye, they have the same nose, they have the same scars on their chin, uh, two, two kind of like small scars uh, or divots in their chin. It's, it's interesting. Uh, obviously, the cosmetic reconstructive surgery would get rid of a lot of stuff, but not everything. And um, I don't know, either whoever came up with this theory, I think, you know, it's a, it's a fascinating one. Not saying I'm all in on that, but that is alleged. And uh, there has been a lot of theories that he is a Rockefeller, but it's more in the sense of like how Bush is a Rockefeller or Ellen's a Rockefeller. Uh, distant relatives that are, uh, you know, not really so distant because I guess we're all kind of related at the end of the day in a weird uh, hippie way, right? But an actual Rockefeller, it, it's incredibly interesting. I encourage anyone to check that out. And one thing that I will say here too, and I need to pull up the site. I forgot to pull up the site. He sits on the board of what's known as the National um, National Space Society. And the National Space Society is the preeminent, according to its own website here, it's the preeminent citizen's voice on space exploration, development, and settlement. The NSS vision is, quote, people living and working in thriving communities beyond the Earth and the use of the vast resources of space for the dramatic betterment of humanity. Oh, how utopian kumbaya right here, right? Um, this is cosmism. Again, I'm sorry to say it. I've, I know that when I find something and I'm very interested in it, I tend to relate all kinds of other conspiracies to it. But this is cosmism. This is that stuff that I've been kind of doing a separate series on that um, a lot of the elite talk about. It seems like the distraction is the space stuff because they're focusing on like the digital sphere and like, you know, the metaverse and all this stuff in real life and trying to resurrect the dead. That's a crucial part of their whole work, too. But if you go to their site, space.nss.org. I mean, check it out. The first thing that you see here is return to the moon, and it shows a big rocket, shows the old rocket that supposedly was on the moon, and then a new version of the one that they're going to send. And then it shows our goals, and you see outer space on, like, this big spaceship-looking thing uh, with, you know, kids playing really happy with, uh, you know, they're learning about what it looks like what a meerkat is on, like, this digital thing. Kids playing with a plane. Girls are jumping rope. It just looks like such a happy time in space. And then you keep going. You see some people playing violin in space. And someone has a full tomato farm. And, you know, looks like some kind of greens that are growing in space. We're in a cool... Uh, she's holding some carrots, too. Uh, with the space in the back. I mean, it's just... It's, it's incredibly... I mean, people that don't believe in space would really have a heyday with this website. So I encourage anyone uh, to check out space.nss.org. But... Tom Hanks does sit on the board there and you can actually go to the site and you can look at you type in uh, NSS Tom Hanks and you'll see him right there on the board. I, I actually like to double check all of these whenever they say that somebody's on the board like this, but it's incredibly interesting. So there's a bit on Tom Hanks that is uh, kind of fun, but now we'll get into Arnold. You got to get into Arnold here. Get in there. Uh, 
<laughs> this guy's an interesting character too, man. You know, I, I mentioned in the last episode when there is a an actor or some some you know pop cultural figure that ends up becoming a politician, and then that's what he's actually more known for. If you type in like Arnold Schwarzenegger on at least on Google. It pops up in small letters under it, you know, governor of California, I don't know, 38th or whatever he was, governor of California. Um, He's been in so many movies, but now he's known for his political career, which is quite interesting. But let's get into him here. Um, You know, he received his first political appointment, which a lot of people don't know. He received this under George H.W. Bush, okay, and then later served as a longtime trustee of the George Bush Presidential Library Foundation along with my favorite human in the world, uh, well, I guess a, a protege of him, a protege of Henry Kissinger, okay, uh, friend of the show, shout out, big big HK, and uh, this protege is Brent Scowcroft, which I haven't heard of, I'm not going to lie, but anytime you have a protege of the big HK, uh, that merits uh, some attention there. Now, as early as January 1985, Arnold was invited to a meeting of the ultra-right American Security Council, okay? The American Security Council. This is a CIA, Department of Defense-dominated group, and it actually turns out to be a pretty, you know, influential and significant part of the Trump administration as well. A lot of conservatives they seem to back, including, you know, our quote-unquote friend, uh, Trump, right? The people's president, Come on, we'll, we'll see about that, because uh, we know he's probably going to get reelected in 2024. They're really laying that up for him, it seems. And we'll see how crazy shit gets when that happens. Um, I tend to think that it's going to be pretty wild when, when that does happen. Not only will you have a ton of protesting led by your friends at the CIA uh, and Soros groups and things like this. Total chaos, but also like while that chaos is going on, that's the best time to really put in some laws that fuck your freedom and its little butthole. So, uh, you know, you got to watch out for that stuff. Um, do you remember when Arnold said, uh, screw your freedom, screw your freedom there? It makes a lot more sense. Uh, he was talking about this with the COVID, COVID shots. It makes a lot more sense when you consider his family history, specifically with his father. Uh this is a big one. This is a big fact here that uh, even fact checkers can't really deny. I'm sure they would love to be able to, but there is proof that Arnold's dad, Gustav, uh, was an actual Nazi, similar to our friend Klaus Schwab, whose uh, father worked at Escher, Weiss, and She. They made the, the flamethrowers and the turbines for the Nazis, you know, and then he's up there telling us that we got to eat bugs. Uh, you know, interesting. But... You got this dude, Gustav uh, Schwarzenegger, that is a Nazi. He actually, um, there's some disputes whether he was a war criminal or just a, quote, average Nazi. But those same people that, that like, have those arguments, say he was just a Nazi, he wasn't, like, a big Nazi. Those people tell you all the time that there are not different types of Nazis. So, this dude was a Nazi. Aren't all Nazis war criminals, according to the liberals? I mean... I've I've held this belief that there probably were good people on in all groups, including ISIS. There's probably some dude in ISIS that's niece or nephew got their fucking face blown off under Obama dropping thousands and thousands of bombs, and he's just trying to get some revenge. Okay, I'm not saying that it's good, you know, that that you're a part of that kind of group, but 
you know, the American government has a way of pissing a lot of people off and literally, according to Hillary Clinton, creating these groups. So, you know, it is it is interesting. But, um, you know, the documents showed that that were uncovered that Gustav had been a member of the S.A. OK, now this is otherwise known as the stormtroopers, the brown shirts. And he signed up May 1st, 1939 uh, about six months before the Kristallnacht, or that night of the broken glass, when Jewish businesses, Jewish places of worship, Jewish houses, homes, they were attacked across Germany and Austria. Okay, again, May 1st, 1939, about six months before Kristallnacht there. Um, and another interesting part about that is that the records were kept uh, private. They were sealed until 2002, which is the same time that he became... Governor, I think he became governor, the governor, in 2003, if I remember correctly. Uh, I don't have that information in front of me. And again, I don't know if he was the 38th, but it's something like that. Okay, I don't know. But uh, yeah, wild shit there. But he, like I said, he has this, uh, this history in politics. And before, you know, that a lot of people really don't know that he worked with not only the Bush administration, but also the Clinton administration, which was just after him. He was the chairman of the President's Council of Physical Fitness and Sports. And, um, you know, when we're talking about this, you can't forget, since he's working under both Bush and Clinton, in that regard, as the chairman of the President's Council on Physical Fitness and Sports, it makes sense. He's a physically fit dude. Uh, I wonder if he tells the kids to take the steroids, inject them in your ass, Uh, you know, it's interesting that this dude was appointed by these people. Um, and that was actually one thing I wanted to bring up. Is he actually appointed by the president? I'm not 100% sure, but I know that Biden, meaning Obama, appointed his. Because I went and looked through, and it shows Biden's appointees, and it shows that chairman of the President's Council in Physical Fitness and Sports. It rolls right off the tongue, doesn't it? Chairman of the President's Council in Physical Fitness and Sports. I feel like it's a fucking Dr. Seuss title there. But uh, yeah, he, he goes on, he does this, and um, this is kind of his introduction into politics, it seems. And you can't forget, too, that the Bushes go way back with the Nazis, with the Brown Brothers Harriman and shit, right? So it's interesting when you look at Nazi actors, uh, you know, I'm not saying that he's necessarily a Nazi, but I kind of am because he said, screw you, freedom. Freedom's something that we pretend as citizens to really care about here in the United States, uh, you tell somebody that's, uh, you know, following all kinds of tyrannical laws and stuff uh, that your freedom's under attack. They say, hell no, it ain't, man. You know? Uh, yeah, it is. It has been since you were born. So, you know, it's interesting. But, yeah, we, we definitely don't like people that say, screw your freedom. This is kind of a big deal. It should be. Um, also, another point here is with his politics is that he's married to a fucking Kennedy. Okay an actual candidate here. So, you know, she's obviously got her own political connections. It's a powerful little, uh, you know, political power couple there. He's a kind of a, a liaison, it seems, to Hollywood, the fitness world, uh, which is very interesting, too, when you look at, like, what supplements could be and all this stuff. And obviously now D.C. as, you know, the most powerful person politically in California at the time. Man, it's interesting. Obviously, A-list actor during the 80s and all that. Uh, hell of an accomplished life. But, you know, when your dad's a Nazi, these things are possible. So, I don't know. Just uh, a crazy little story there so far. But we're not done with him. Um, 
you know how he, he kind of he didn't really hate act like he hated Trump. And there's clearly a connection with Trump and him because he did take over The Apprentice. Remember when Trump actually left that show to do his campaign and to become president? And then, you know, Schwarzenegger started getting annoyed with Trump, because probably because uh, Trump was saying that the season tanked. The series just completely fell off when he left. And uh, your boy here, the Nazi, took it over. So uh, I think that that's definitely kind of interesting. Tied in with Trump specifically, you know, Trump had to like say, hey, yeah, let's take Schwarzenegger here. Uh, yeah, so a- another one there. Now, before he ran as governor of California, Schwarzenegger was invited to the European Economic Roundtable at Lord Jacob Rothschild's Waddiston Manor estate. Uh, Might have butchered that Waddiston. I don't give a shit. England names their places all kinds of weird shit, okay? I know there's a lot of history there and whatever. Uh, you guys are weird in England. I'm sorry. Uh, I actually have a considerable amount of people that listen over there in England. But hey, you know what? We're weird in the U.S. too, okay? We're just a different kind of weird. We're more meth and bush light weird. You guys are weird like you fuck your cousins. That's kind of weird over there, right? Uh, your elite do, at least, I guess. Now, uh, when he became governor, he actually appointed a Warren, uh, Warren Buffett, which I'm sure that you guys are familiar with. Uh, I thought that it was actually uh, an aide of his, but he appointed Warren Buffett himself as an economic advisor, which I had no idea. Uh, I was pretty into Warren Buffett when I was learning how to like do day trading and stuff like that. Um, thought I knew everything that there was kind of to know about Warren Buffett. I did not know that he did that, but it makes sense. You know, the dude's a, in heavy quotes, self-made man. I mean, he got several hundred thousand dollars for startup capital from his family. So, you know, it's kind of like calling Kylie Jenner the first self-made billionaire woman, uh, you know, with an asterisk, we'll say. So, um, yeah, the old team of the former governor, uh, the California governor, Pete Wilson, was also brought in to manage Schwarzenegger's campaign, during which the actor, I guess, said, and I I was looking for footage of this. I could not find it. If anyone can find footage of Arnold saying this, I would love to see it, because this is damning. Uh, I guess I should do this in the Arnold voice, too. He says, I get donations from businesses and individuals, absolutely. They're powerful interests who control things. Yeah, I mean, that's a tough look. You can't say I get donations from powerful individuals who control things. That means he's being controlled here. To anyone that's paying attention, that's what that means. Uh, I know he's buff and he was a heartthrob in the 80s and kind of the 90s and whatever. But come on, you guys got to you got to see what's going on here when somebody says that their donors are powerful interests who control things. That's scary stuff. That's why people uh, liked Trump so much, was that they thought he could not be bought. Um, Pretty sure trillionaires could buy out a billionaire. I'll tell you that right now, okay? Uh, And he won't even tell us how much money he's really worth, so it's kind of tough to know. Probably with assets and stuff, Trump is is pretty freaking rich, but, um, you know, tough to to really prove it, I guess. He did say on his roast that he had a few billion dollars. I think, what, what did he say, eight fucking billion dollars or whatever? Uh, that roast is great, by the way. Uh, the situation from Jersey Shore just gets up there and shits the bed. It is awesome. And, uh, that old, uh, rat looking guy, Larry, um, what's that show, dude? The skinny guy. I can't remember his name to save the life of me, but 
he was up there and he he killed it too. Just a funny roast. I love those old roasts. Um, haven't seen many of the original roasts with uh, Dean, right? Haven't seen too many of those. But the the good Comedy Central ones are awesome. Now back to this though. Um, Schwarzenegger goes on to uh, you know triple California's debt here uh, because you know, and they they give some bullshit reasons that. You know, he tried to get free health care. He tried to up education or indoctrination, whatever you want to call it, without taxing more. And he gets blamed for this, um, I think, falsely. Um, this was obviously, excuse me, this was obviously his role to go in there and, and push this. But you don't need to tax people anything to make these systems work. And we've really learned that with that Ukraine money laundering bullshit that's going on right now. We're still giving billions of dollars. I actually posted a thing on Instagram the other day. We're giving 2.5 billion more dollars to Ukraine uh, while we're simultaneously trying to figure out how we can not default on our debt. Uh, what? That's like cutting one of your feet off. If you, lo- I don't, I don't even know what that's like. I'm trying to. I was trying to come up with something on the fly. I can't. It's just so stupid. That's a. It's a. You can't tell me that's that's uh, not intentional as well, right? It's an absolutely intentional thing, and you're just fucking the American people. And then you get asked, what you know, when you spend $600 on something, you get asked, like, what was that? Or if you make $600 online, you know, you get asked, like, well, how are you making this? What are you doing with that $600? Bitch, shouldn't it not be any of your business, right? I thought that that's kind of what this whole country was about, is freedom and all that bullshit. Clearly not. I think it seems to be about money laundering. Uh, we should change our name, honestly, uh, to something that has money laundering in the title. Uh, let's see what else we got here. Um, Ready for a career in behavioral health? Earn your online degree at Herzing University. Choose from health and human services, psychology, or social work programs. Gain the skills to work, coordinate, and manage nonprofits. Secure a bachelor's in psychology to study mental health or advance your social work career through our online master's of social work. Let us help you become a social change agent. Your future starts now at Herzing University. Text HEALTH to 85109. That's HEALTH to 85109. Or visit herzing.edu. Yeah, but like I said, he gets blamed for all this stuff. I think it was just an intentional, uh, you know, dis, you know, just defiling the state of California. A great state initially. But now it's a shithole in my opinion. So is that whole, I mean, that whole Pacific west coast area is is rough uh, i talked about seattle in my music episode uh oregon's a shit show on its own um there's there's obviously great people there i personally talk with people from california met a lot of them through the podcast actually and oregon and washington incredible people there um but man your guys's politics are awful I'm not saying arizona's is much better but i don't know they they uh they need to get some people in in power quote unquote, that really are, are caring about what's going on for the average person. Cause they just do not there. It's fucking wild. But, uh, we'll finish off with Arnold on a couple things here in 2012, the Schwarzenegger Institute for state and global policy. That sounds very scary was founded at uh, USC. And when you pull up the site, you see right away a big picture of him and Obama looking very gaily into each other's eyes. It's a strange picture. Uh, but yeah, you can check out their website. I'll actually pull it up right now. It's uh, Schwarzenegger Institute. Good luck spelling it. But you can just type it in. Uh, figure out how to spell his fucking name first. And then type that in and then Institute. But yeah, you pull it up. I'm going to 
kind of just go through it real quickly and see. You see uh, Arnold's big ring there. It's heavy for most, the average man. Let's see some of these articles that they've got. New study from Schwarzenegger Institute finds offshore winds are critical to solving power challenges. Okay. Uh, Glossary for Austrian World Summit 2021. Schwarzenegger Institute announces democracy grants for voting access and election administration. So rigging elections. Uh, Institute helps bring antibody testing to Los Angeles. Wonderful. Uh, Institute launches virtual speakers bureau for universities across the globe. Admirable. Schwarzenegger rallies Hollywood in support of the United States Armed Forces. It's actually not the worst thing, but when you try and get these people involved, it is bound to fail in some sort of way. And then when I rattle off those things, it seems like there's got to be some ulterior motives here, for sure. So, yeah, interesting. And then they like to show their accomplishments and all this stuff. It would be interesting to meet someone like this face-to-face, though, and just talk with them and I know he'd be heavily politicking and saying all the right things constantly, but definitely an interesting character when it comes to Hollywood. Um, and you got to respect the hustle. I mean, with all these people, they, they've made so many people idolize them over their long careers. And uh, this next guy is no different. Uh, even though they are evil shitbags, there has to be a respect there. Just like I respect the Freemasons and their way of pushing propaganda and doing all this crazy stuff that they do. You don't have to like somebody or something to respect it and be like, just wow, I'm in awe of their ability to perpetuate bullshit and get so many people to just be fanboys slash girls slash other of whatever they're doing, right? It's it's interesting stuff. Now, we also have Matt Damon, as I mentioned. Uh, and I hope that everyone that is wondering why I'm uh, saying that name like that Type in Matt Damon, Team America, World Police on YouTube and uh, check that out. It's pretty hilarious. Another outspoken liberal elite douchebag, uh, close childhood friends with uh, CIA shill Ben Affleck. And actually, um, he'd be a a dude that I'll have to tackle in another, uh, not really tackle, okay, don't sue me, Uh, like, uh, you know, discuss in a future episode with these Hollywood elites because John Kuriaku... The CIA, I guess you call him whistleblower, uh, ex-CIA dude, he um, saw Ben Affleck just kind of like walking through the halls. He said he was barely supervised, walking through the halls where there's all kinds of confidential shit um, at the CIA headquarters there in Langley, walking around essentially unsupervised to learn about how the CIA worked uh, for one of his movies. It might have been Gone Girl or something. I forget which one exactly he said. But that seems interesting, right? Like knowing how possible it is for an actor to be a sleeper. I'm not saying, I'm not alleging that at all about either of these guys. But isn't that interesting to just let someone go through and be like, yeah, how does the CIA work exactly? We got to put it in a movie. And he said that that movie, whichever it was, was actually very accurate with how some of the things work and the terminology. Um, So yeah, interesting that, um, that Affleck was able to walk around there. But we're talking about Matt Damon. Now, Matt Damon grew up uh, living next to this guy named Howard Zinn, okay? I'm not familiar with Howard Zinn, but I looked into him a little bit. I'm sure some of you are. Um, It's kind of tough to find a whole lot on him from, like, just looking really quickly. I know there's a ton of information about him, but on Wikipedia, where you can find everything on that fucking website, I swear... 
It says he was an American historian, playwright, philosopher, social thinker, and World War II veteran. I like how that's last. Like, that's like the, not the most important part of his career. Uh, he was the chair of the History and Social Sciences Department at Spelman College. Never heard of it. Never heard of her, okay? And a political science professor at Boston University. I heard of that. Uh, big FBI school there. Now, Zindis- similar to MIT, really, right? I think MIT is actually affiliated with them, if I'm not mistaken. I should know that, but I, I know um, Boston University is a big... Or am I thinking of Boston College? Was it, I don't know. We'll just say Boston in general is CIA, okay? Everything's fucking CIA these days, it seems. But um, so yeah, Boston University and Zinn describes himself as, quote, something of an anarchist, something of a socialist. I don't see how the fuck that's possible, but we'll go with it. Maybe a democratic socialist, right? So he, with that statement there, he's sitting there saying anarchy, which is cool to kids, socialist, which a lot of fucking kids think is social media related. Let's just combine those two. Let's use a nice word instead of anarchist. Let's use uh, democratic. I'm a democratic socialist. That's a good idea. We'll go with that. And um, I think that's an it's an interesting take. I'm an anarchist and a socialist. Therefore, I'm a democratic socialist. Hmm. Leave yourself scratching your head there for a minute. Now, um, that's not the most interesting thing about Zen. You're probably like, you know, why the fuck? Why does it matter if, uh, you know, this uh, Mad Damon lived next to Howard Zinn? Well, during the height of McCarthyism in 1949, the FBI first opened a domestic security investigation into Zinn. Based on Zinn's activities and what the agency considered to be a communist front group, multiple communist front groups, such as the American Labor Party. And then um, the uh, the informant, wait, what is this here? Uh, informant reports uh, actually say that Zinn was an uh, active member of the Communist Party of the United States, okay, the uh, CPUSA. He's a communist, so he's not a democratic socialist. He's a fucking communist. He's disguising himself as a socialist, and that eases you into it when you throw the democratic in front of it, okay? This is what Obama is as well. He pretends he's a democratic socialist, but he's a communist, and I think he's said as much before. That communism isn't that big of a deal. I, I, communism is a death system. It's a satanic system because it is a death system. Um, so yeah, this, this you know, very intellectual, Harvard-educated. I mean, you know, dude went to Harvard. This guy growing up next to a communist, that, that's interesting, right? It would be one thing if I grew up next to this dude and you're like, oh yeah, this fucking dude with a podcast with, you know, a few thousand listeners is, uh, he grew up to this next to this weird dude. I would probably be accused of being a CIA shill. So I think that it's fair to to say the same about Mr. Damon here, who has gone on to do a lot of incredible things in Hollywood, considering. Um, so yeah, definitely some weird stuff there with the Zinn connection. And uh, another interesting tidbit is that Zinn came up kind of alongside with Noam Chomsky. So, you know, Noam Chomsky is, uh, is another shitbag that, uh, oh, well, depending on who you talk to, I guess, he's a hero, and some people think he's very shady. And I think he actually has something to do with this university here, U of A, uh, who I'm finding out more and more is just like an awful place, but whatever. Uh, so yeah, there you go. A uh, little bit about uh, Mr. Damon. I hope I didn't confuse uh, Ben Affleck in there and just, come, just kind of flowing here with some of this shit. But yeah, uh, clearly, obviously talking about Damon living next to this dude. And I guess Ben Affleck 
also did know Zinn. And you wonder if the communist thought leader here kind of groomed these two boys, right? Um, sure that the dude was kind of a heavy hitter before he really came up big. You know, the parents living next to this guy, I'm sure I'm sure that there was a little bit of grooming there because these guys are diehard liberals, they're globalists, they're interesting characters in Hollywood. Um, so yeah, I, I, I would assume, and maybe I shouldn't, but I would assume, and I'll, I'll throw an alleged in there, I would assume that he allegedly groomed these two uh, in Howard Zinn there, right? So uh, yeah, just an interesting... Interesting connection. Uh, sorry, I wanted to go back through here really quick. Yeah, okay. Um, now, if you followed the career of this weirdo, which I'm sure you haven't, why would you? Um, his real breakout movie role, everything was Goodwill Hunting, and he wrote that first script, uh, the basic script there, while he was attending Harvard. So you've got to think that there's another weird little thing going on there. I know a lot of these connections are loose, but. These things are interesting, for sure. Um, this is both of their real biggest breakthrough roles, in my opinion. I know that he was in some some smaller things before that. And Ben Affleck, I know, was a childhood actor. There's a weird commercial of him talking about Antarctica, I think. And he, I forget exactly what it is. But yeah, you can look up, you know, Ben Affleck, Antarctica commercial. And you can see him in a very MK ultra e. Very weird, uh, you know, just a childhood acting is always kind of a weird situation. When you have kids introduced to Hollywood at such a young age, it's bound to have some kind of effect on them. And I think that there's MK Ultra going on with a lot of these kids. I'll get to one later. Um, I guess I can just spoil it now. Leonardo DiCaprio, man, fuck me. There's some weird shit going on with that dude uh, from childhood, I should say. So uh, we'll get into that. That's a little tease for you there. Um but yeah, you know, last last point on Damon here. He's worked, or I guess two points left. He's worked many times with the UN. He's a collaborator with the United Nations, who you know is a friend of this show. And I guess he's even supposed, he's gone on some of these supposed stabilization missions, which, you know, you know what stabilization means at the UN. It's destabilization. So they go over there, they fuck around, you know, get into some weird shit and then leave. Uh, probably shoot some kids up with vaccines and then, uh, you know, call it quits and just get out of there. And then they're like, hey, you guys are on your own. Here's some, a couple water filters and plates. We're going to make sure we get some photos so that these guys look like good people. And then we're going to take those filters back because we got to give them to another country to take pictures with as well. So also a frequent donor to the Clintons and the Clinton Global Initiative. Just makes sense uh, if you're a Hollywood elite that you got to do that. And him, along with other insufferable, insufferable liberal, uh, you know, actors, liberal actors here that worked on Ocean's Eleven, co-founded the Not On Our Watch NGO, which is linked uh, and partially funded by the National Security Council. So that's a fun little bit there. A lot of Hollywood tied in with various NGOs and even actual government agencies. So that should be a little concerning. But let's get into uh, another shit stain in Hollywood here, in the pop culture of America, Mr. Robert De Niro, everyone's favorite fake tough guy. I think the guy's like four feet tall. Uh, he has actually began to think he is the godfather, like he has acted in so many other movies. So let's get into this guy because he is definitely an interesting one too. So we got another weird, liberal, fart-smelling, shit-don't-stink activist disguised as an actor here. Uh, obviously, you know, 
really, really adamantly spoke out against Trump uh, and specifically the Trump voters in like a clownish fucking way. And yet another friend of your boy Harvey Weinstein, who pretends to support these liberal causes uh, like women's rights and all this shit, while also being friends with a convicted rapist. So interesting there. Uh, Harvey Weinstein really kind of exposing a lot there. Again, not intentionally, but but pretty interesting. Now, De Niro actually organized a Clinton election party in 2016, which is I'd, I'd love to be a fly on the wall at that convention. You know how smug they were probably being there. And then they lost. So they all went uh, went home unhappy. I'm sure, uh, you know, tough guy De Niro here was probably throwing things around and shit. Uh, would have been hilarious to see. But, you know, him he uh, collaborated on that party with Harvey Weinstein. And he has, like, this history of supporting globalist presidential candidates. He supported Obama, of course. He supported Gore, of course. Um, obviously Clinton as well. But you don't find it interesting at all that we're told that our election choices are kind of uh, important and a big part of this country. But, you know, all these mouthpieces that a lot of people idolize, right? They all kind of fall to one side. There's your outliers in Hollywood. Um, that one dude, uh, I forget all, so many names when I'm on the spot here. Uh, guy, he's made fun of in Family Guy, right? As like the uh, the asshole that, that ruins everybody's... Um, ruins everybody's life in the Griffin family and he's in casino. He's like that, that I think he's less or Les Lester in the casino movie. Can't remember his name for the life of me, but there's a couple of the conservatives out there that speak out and they're kind of like, you know, put into a separate group and just not looked at as seriously and blah, blah, blah. Definitely kind of interesting though, that you get so many people, uh, vocally talking about the liberal side. They say, go make your choice. Do it honestly. We've got all kinds of information where we can educate you on both parties. It's unbiased. But then they use very subtle words and uh, just different things to make people uh, kind of persuaded into voting the way that they want people to vote. So uh, believe it or not, as I always say, you know, South Park has a really good episode on this. You got a choice between a douche and a turd. The people that want the douche in charge uh, you know, the douche would be the Democrats, the turd would be the Republicans. The people that want the douche in charge really want you to go out there and vote, and they're going to educate you, and they're going to peer pressure you into voting. But if they see that you voted for the turd, maybe they don't really want you to vote that bad. So, I don't know. A lot of this stuff has gotten exposed under Trump. I hate to admit it, because I have, uh, you know, kind of turned on Trump. I'm not such a fan anymore. I liked how my life was, uh, economically speaking, under Trump. I will say that. And that might be one of those things that gets a lot of people to support that side um, in 2024. Because, man, the inflation is absolutely wild. And you have a lot of people out there saying that Biden can't be blamed for the inflation. I would beg to differ. And I would love to debate even like a fucking like high-level politician or lawyer on how he is. And I'm just a dummy that, uh, you know, talks about weirdos and, uh, you know, government conspiracies and shit. So I don't know. I'm sure that they won't take that. But I think that it is kind of weird. It is kind of weird that, that you get all these people from one side pushing the, um, you know, vote education and get out there and speak your voice and all that shit. It's bullshit. But uh, at this election party, you had so many sexual harassers. You had a lot of woman abusers. 
calling out Trump for allegations of the same crimes that they were actually really committing, but they just hadn't gotten caught yet, so they felt confident. I'm sure that they all thought that they were above the law and they had the connections to make all this shit go away if it came out. Not the case for a couple people. Um, And luckily, a lot of these people are being held accountable because... Even though a lot of people think that I hate think that I hate women, I really do not. Obviously, it's a it's a bit people. Um, I think that these people should all fucking be thrown in prison, man. Anyone that takes advantage of women like that is just it's it's gross. It really is. So broke character there for a second, but you know people got to know that uh, that that shit's not okay. Obviously, but you don't want to hear about that from me, right? You want to hear about. Ew. Fuck off this shit. But, uh, okay, so here, let's get back into um, to De Niro here. Something I was totally unaware of is that he founded the Tribeca Film Festival, which is a massive liberal get-together for Hollywood and Washington, D.C., which, again, we're realizing these two are one and the same. But, you know, the Clinton Foundation, the Ford Foundation, the Rockefeller Foundation, they all have their fingers in the ass of the Tribeca Film Festival. Uh, again, no idea that he uh, was a co-founder of that and really a driving force behind bringing that to fruition. You see that all over the place now. You see Tribeca Film, uh, that's kind of like a uh, it's like a new standard of like how good, especially like indie movies and things like that are. It's, it's incredible. So definitely something uh, that I think is, um, is noteworthy there. And he's also friends with, um, you know, all, all kinds of liberal elites, which we know. But he's pretty close with Marina Abramovich, right? He's pretty close with this very, very interesting alleged pedophile interior decorator of the outcast of Hollywood right now, Kanye West, okay? This guy named Axel, and I'm probably not saying his name right, Axel Vervoort. Again, the fucking interior decorator of the Kardashian West house, okay? Um... Kanye's not on your side, people, okay? I should actually do an episode on him soon, too. A deep dive like this. Um, There's a lot of interviews. If you type in Axel Vervoort, you can see Kanye interviewing him, talking about the inspiration and all this shit. This guy was implicated in a Pizzagate-style child sex slash snuff ring known as the Detroit Network. And I I hope I'm not butchering that. If you want to look it up, D-U-T... R-O-U-X network. I'm going with Detroit network. It's a Belgian thing, I guess. And again, looking online, you're not going to see too many incriminating things involving this Axel character. And that's how I'm going to refer to him for the rest of the episode is Axel, because that last name is a nightmare, buddy. We can't we can't go with that kind of shit. You got to have less than I would say, what do we got here? Like 12 words in that last name? We don't need that much, okay? Uh, Axel is your name from now on, sir. And um, it's hard to find, like, incriminating stuff. So I, I was looking around, and I found an interesting little thing here on Reddit. And say what you want to about Reddit and Wikipedia. I like looking at them for things like this. The direct link between the Detroit Network and Pizzagate is Axel. Who is Axel? Axel is a Belgian businessman and art collector. Axel got blamed by Baron Jan. We'll just leave it there, because this, this one, if you thought Vervoort was tough... Whatever the fuck this guy's last name is, is just impossible. So he got convicted, or I should say he got blamed by Baron Jan, uh, who was back in time part of the Belgian elite as a participant of sex parties in which were uh, there were children involved in these sex parties. 
Now, Baron Jan stated a couple other names of participants uh, of such parties, these these sex parties with children. Uh, and then short after publishing the dossier, he died under unknown circumstances. Official cause of death? I'll give you a second to guess. Say it with me. Suicide. Okay? This is how all these people die. Um, it's interesting when you want to blow the whistle on a powerful person and you feel very motivated and yeah, let's get this motherfucker. And then one day you wake up and decide to shoot yourself in the back of head two or three times. Uh, you know, just a, a pattern that all too often repeats itself. I'm going to try and say this guy's name so you can try and uh, find it yourself. Baron Jan with two N's, Demesis de Arhutul. Okay, but you can probably just type in Baron Jan, Jan with two N's. Interesting story there. Uh, continuing with this, though, moreover, one of Vervoort's castles is situated directly near a castle in which, uh, according to the statement of a witness, the Duro victim, Regina Loof, a studio for snuff films. Okay, um, then it goes on to describe what a snuff film is. But this dude has like a castle dedicated to snuff films, allegedly. Okay, alleged by someone that is a victim of this Detro uh, ring, right? Again, Regina Luf, L-O-U-F, probably, again, butchering the fucking name. I don't know how these people come up with their damn last names. Dean's easy. My last name's easy. Unless you're a retard, you can spell Dean easily. Um, so, yeah, I'll leave that there. But, yeah, it's pretty interesting. Now, it says here, let's let's face the connection between Axel Verdurt and Pizzagate. Axel Verdurt is a uh, is a really, really good friend with Marina Abramovich. So it's likely that anybody that knows Marina also knows this Axel character. He's in good t- close touch with the Podesta brothers, who you'll see repeated throughout Hollywood and Washington. The Podesta brothers, of course, um, you know, connected with Hillary Clinton and then James Alephantis with that fucking initial Pizzagate thing in D.C. Comet Ping Pong. Um, so, yeah. It, it, it is pretty interesting, but yeah, um, it brings up the Schwartz shilling thing and then the Axel and then Marina Abramovich and Podesta. Those are how they're all connected. And basically he is the, the, you know, main connection between Pizzagate and the Comet Ping Pong stuff. And then this Detroit network say what you want to about QAnon, but the Pizzagate stuff in my humble opinion is very real. I think it's very, very real. Um, it's tough to find definitive proof because there is so much on both sides, but I will stand behind that. And I would love to have a conversation with anyone that doesn't think that it's real because uh, I will stand behind it. I believe that it definitely is real. I think Alephantis is a fucking weirdo. I think the Podesta brothers are fucking weirdos, um, potential criminals. Again, I'm not alleging this. This is just stuff that kind of seems obvious to me. Um, and to so many of us too, right? It, it, it's a it's a very interesting situation there with them. Um, but to, to them, we're probably the assholes here, right? So I don't know. It's it's strange, but yeah, interesting uh, friends to have for Mr. De Niro. And and don't forget Kanye. For those that think that Kanye is on your side, he let this pedophile, uh, alleged pedophile, and um, you know snuff film director decorate his house. Weird. Uh, and speaking of, this is nothing to do with this, but did you see Jamie Lee Curtis's uh, art that was around those chairs that she'd removed, by the way? It was on Instagram. Jamie Lee Curtis's Instagram. It was an art piece with a child stuffed into a box. I mean, these fucking people are weird, man. They're very, very strange. I think they're all criminals. 
Um, I think that our culture would be much, much better without them. We'd probably have a lot less shootings without the uh, movies that they act in and everything. I, I think Hollywood is damn near useless at this point. So hopefully that train keeps rolling in that direction. But um, yeah, last point here on Mr. De Niro. He worked with Milton Bearden. Okay, now Milton Bearden uh, helped him with The Good Shepherd, which he uh, directed and uh, in it starred Matt Damon, which, you know, I just mentioned, and Angie Jolie, Angelina. Um, now Milton Bearden, for those that don't know, is a former CIA station chief in Pakistan, Nigeria, Sudan, and Germany. He was uh, active from 1986 to 1989, and he was a CIA field officer in Afghanistan who supposedly oversaw the $3 billion covert program to arm the Afghan Mujahideen to fight the Soviet occupation. Again, Milton Bearden worked with uh, De Niro on The Good Shepherd. So this is an interesting guy. I understand if you're a high-level actor and you're trying to make a CIA movie, you want to be accurate because then people will talk shit about how inaccurate it is. Weird choice there, man. Weird choice with Mr. Bearden. So, interesting stuff. I mean, what do you guys think so far? Pretty uh, pretty damning uh, stuff for Mr. Tom Hanks. Mr. Uh, who else did we do here? Fucking Arnold. How could I forget the governor? Uh, Matt Damon and then De Niro. This last one that we'll get into before Kim makes her appearance here. Um, it seems like the saddest one. I think that all these actors are very talented, to be honest. I think they're incredibly talented. Leonardo DiCaprio, um, kind of on another level when it comes to talent, in my opinion. I never see him in any role where I'm like, that was overdone, that was tacky. The closest he came to it was Jordan Belfort in uh, Wolf of Wall Street, right? But supposedly that guy was very eccentric and kind of out there. Um, I thought he, I think he's just an incredible actor. I can't say enough about his acting and his skill and everything. Uh, him as a person, shitbag, okay? Just like the rest of them. I can separate the art from the artist, just like I hope you guys can do with me, because, uh, you know, I don't I don't have put on a fake personality for you guys. I'm kind of a jerk, and, um, you know, try to put out good work and stuff here, but it's nothing like these guys. It's nothing like the level. These people pretend to be so good and so, you know, uh, they're going to take care of themselves last and, you know, they're all globalists and they're all, uh, you know, big into, you know, not only globalism, but climate change is a huge thing, especially with Leo here. Um, socialism is huge, right? We need free health care. We need all this stuff, which for the record, I am all for free health care. But what they want to do in that case is tax you 90 percent or more. Uh, I know Bernie Sanders said that he's not opposed to like a 95% tax uh, rate, flat tax rate, 98%. Imagine the lack of productivity in a country with a 95% tax rate. What's the what's the fucking reason to become a millionaire so that you can have, what would that be? $50,000, $5,000? I don't even know what the fuck, you know, 5%. I should be able to just calculate that easily in my head. 5% of a million dollars, I think... That'd be $50,000, I think, but I'm probably way off. No, that is, that's right on. That's pretty damn good. 5% of a million, $5,000. Boom, there you go. Um, oh, no, watch, that's probably wrong. I feel like I should calculate that. But let's just move on to Leonardo DiCaprio. For the record, I still have nightmares that I failed high school because of math. So don't hold that against me. 
if that's just completely wrong. It sounds right in my head. Leo DiCaprio. This one's wild. Um, and this will actually kind of feed into what Kim's going to talk about with her special actress of choice that she wanted to get into. Am I sexist that I didn't throw in any actresses here? I'm going to in the next one. Um, I just found some of the ones that really jumped out to me first. But now that I'm thinking about it, it's kind of bad. But it's okay. Um, Leonardo, Leo's, uh, we're just going to call him Leo. Had a few beers here. It's hard to say Leonardo. Uh, his father had ties with Timothy Leary. Big, big ties. And actually wrote a comic book with him called Neurocomics. Now, this Neurocomics is fucking strange. Um, I'll kind of go through a, a couple pages here. But this guy, you know, his name is George DiCaprio. He's obviously a psychedelics advocate. He's, he's okay with psychedelics. And he was so close with Timothy Leary, you know, the Harvard dude, uh, ran all kinds of psychedelic programs, connected to MKUltra in a big way, um, a lot of Hollywood elite, supplied a lot of them with acid, um, LSD, right? I guess that's the proper term. Uh, it, it, it's weird. It's weird to be, you know, when you're a kid, your father is friends with this dude that is really pushing the bound, excuse me, pushing the boundaries of science and what's right and wrong, really blurring those lines. I actually think that it's possible that Leo was subjected to psychedelics tests at an early age, kind of just seeing what kind of effect LSD would have on a child. Now, I've said that before. Leary uh, is not a counterculture icon. A lot of people think he is. It's claimed that he's a heavy, you know, like an OG in the counterculture world. He's a CIA shell. He was funded by the Ford and Rockefeller Foundations heavily and had just all kinds of elite CIA friends. This guy is not counterculture. This is about as counterculture as Barack Obama, probably even less so. So um, I, I had the neurocomics uh, pulled up here. It's really interesting that it's essentially about, um, it was 125 when it first came out. The cover has like a little, it looks like a sea monkey almost, uh, running through a brain, and you see all kinds of psychedelic stuff in the background. Um, interesting stuff, but the first page, this is the only one that I'll go through really, because uh, I'll, I'll share the uh, file for people in the Patreon here and people out there that don't want to support my fucking work can just find it themselves. It's pretty easy. Um, it's Dr. Leary's evolutionary deli. And when you see he's in the background, he says, Heidi, Mrs. Yahuli got a good special today on brainstem. So he's selling brainstem at a deli to a clearly Jewish woman with a very large nose. It's fucking, it's, I mean, if I was Jewish, I'd be very offended by this. Uh, very, very uh, anti-Semitic. So he says this to, you know, got the special on brainstem. And the lady says, Svel, start slicing. Again, a Jewish lady saying Svel in a comic book by supposedly a loving liberal. Uh, very easy. You look at what else is for sale here. You got rhino, rinds, endangered animal pork rinds. Pickled pineals. I'll leave that there. Adrenochrome status. Um, what else do we have? Some of these are hard to see. Opposable thumbs, snake legs, uh, lungfish, all kinds of stuff for sale here uh, at Leary's Evolutionary Deli. Um, obviously, the implication here is that all of these things have psychedelics in them. Obviously, the pickled pineals having adrenochrome. Uh, I, I would say that the brains... Well, there it is. You know what to do if you don't already know. 
need to head over to patreon.com slash dangerous world podcast to get the rest of this episode kim pops in here we talk a little bit about uh special unnamed actress for now and uh just getting to some weird stuff some connections with timothy leary and we connect it all together so uh you know hopefully you enjoyed that episode and if you're not already supporting the show should and thanks to everybody that is doing it everybody out there take care